Boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Man and Man podcast. It's been quite some time since you last heard this voice. I am Kelvin Dooley, and on the other end, the other great voice, you guys know him as Trayvon. I like to call it Big Time TV. TV, what's going on? Not much, man. Um, like I mentioned to you before show, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of getting getting into the groove of things again. Um, after the after taking some time off for the wedding and then taking the time off for the for the trip, I'm definitely uh, struggling to get back to normal everyday life, going to work every day, um, and just you know doing chores and you know all, all that stuff that comes with uh, being at home. Uh, so after after being out for such a long time, I I do feel weird trying to get back into the groove. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, if you guys hadn't picked up on it already, you are now listening to a married TV <laughs> uh, husband. <laughs> this yes, guy is sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, look, TV, well, it was a great honor to be a part of your wedding. Uh, I don't know if you've seen video footage, man. Um, and I, I did talk to the guys about this. I think we all were too prideful to have this conversation post-wedding. Um, I definitely cried. Let's just put it out there now. Well, Laney okay. walked I don't know about the other guys, uh, but I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and say mine now, so I don't want to catch nobody else surprised when the footage rolls back and I am fighting back tears. Just let that be known right now, okay? Okay. Right. Uh, I think I heard my brother uh, crying behind me a little bit. Uh, no. I I know I obviously cried. I don't mm. know about the other guys, but um, you just told me you did, and uh, I know I I know I know I heard my brother, so. Um, that's a little embarrassing that you heard him. I, I would be embarrassed, but good for Tanner. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Yeah, yeah, it was a great time, man. Uh, just thankful to have all of you guys, uh, you know, there at my side on, on my big day. Awesome. Yeah, so there you guys have it. Uh, we're back. It's been quite some long, it's been quite a minute. Uh, since we've been on this on the stream, but we're live and we're back. So uh, the Man and Man podcast, national holidays. Today, TV, is National Bartender Appreciation, National Bartender and National Bartender Appreciation Day. Uh, do you have any appreciation for bartenders, TV? Well, this is actually going to be kind of ironic. Laney, Laney was a bartender uh, at Cheddar's back in her, you know, like when we were in college and we were still living in Joplin. So right, I guess right. I, I do have appreciation for one bartender at least. <laughs> so, nice. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also have an appreciation for bartenders. They don't get paid a lot. They do have a very, very important job. Uh, and that's just serving your drinks. Yeah. And a lot of people love to drink in this country. So, uh, yeah, shout out to all the bartenders. Let's hug day, make a gift, and National roof over your head day or the final three. Any of those stick out? Okay, that was uh, a hug. And yes, make- let's, National Let's Hug Day, make okay. a gift, and National Roof Over Your Head. Make a gift? No, probably not. If we're talking about actually physically making it, because I am not artsy and I can't make anything. So that one doesn't really stand out to me. Uh, or maybe it does stand out to me because I'm, I, I would be so bad at it. 
um, mm-hmm. because I'm I'm just not good at making anything really. Um, so maybe the hug, you know, it's, it's nice to always get a hug. Yes, absolutely. That one sticks out the most to me. Let's hug. Uh-huh. Uh, and then second to that, roof over your head, man. I am grateful to have a roof over my head. Absolutely. Uh, when I was putting the script together and I seen this national holiday, I immediately became grateful. I was like, man, it feels good to walk into a home uh, with yeah. something over my head every night, opposed to waking up on a bus stop every day. So, yes, yeah, sir. I was immediately thankful for that. So that one probably sticks out um, after. Let's hug that. Yeah, everybody. I think everybody needs a hug, man. I tried to give out a hug yesterday at work. Uh, it didn't go over too well, but I tried. Uh-huh. That, it sounds like the the person receiving the hug then needed needed to uh, open up a little bit. It's nice it's nice to get hugs, man. Hell yeah! At least I thought so, but you know <laughs> my my coworker wasn't having it, so so be it. Oh man! Um, and and about National Roof Over Your Head Day, the I, I think that's probably something we all take for granted, right? Just having yeah, that, big time. having that um, ability to, like you said, just walk into a home. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people out there who unfortunately don't have that, uh, luxury of walking into a home every night. So yeah, it's definitely something I think we probably take for granted. Yeah. Hey, coming up on today's show, me and TV discuss a 73 point loss, the worst loss in NBA history. We'll tell you the two teams who accomplished that and who was on the receiving end of that, um, complete crushing. Lincoln Riley, I'll let TV, I'll let you have the floor. And uh, that one should be good. Uh, hey, there is a Major League Baseball lockdown. But first, we begin with, and I'm glad to bring this right back to you guys. We begin every episode with the moments of Duke. TV, moments yours. I've already opened my mouth. This is funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it shows. It shows that when it's been a long time since we did this. Oh my gosh. Uh, there you go. I guess, I guess I can open up a second one. I'll drink it too. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> a second dude. The first time, I think in Man to Man history, he opens a second dude. And you guys get to hear the, the wow. loudness of opening the fridge. All right, here we go. <laughs> Moment of do 2.0 this morning. Another do open. Hey, I, as long as I've known this man, I can't ever recall a second do being present during the Man to Man podcast. So there you have it, a first. And yeah, it was brought to you by TV yeah. and nobody else. But I, I guess I alluded to it at the beginning of the podcast. I'm just getting back to normal. And I had already woke up this morning and opened my Mountain Dew. And as soon as you said a moment of do, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't. I've already opened it. (laughs) So let's do this. Uh, First, Antonio Brown, along with three other Buccaneers players, were suspended. Uh, I want to say yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. They were suspended for misrepresenting their COVID vaccination status. TV, your thoughts on the suspensions and um, Antonio Brown being the most permanent name being suspended? Um. They they deserve to be suspended. I think that was the right move. Uh, you just lying about about something like something like that that is that is serious at this moment. You know that's something that the NFL is trying to um, really crack down on. You know and, and be strict on. You know to try and uh, regulate. You know the coronavirus inside the league. 
I think it's important. Uh, I, th- I think I think it's important to be honest, you know, and, and, and to be upfront. I think I think lying about it is, is probably not good. So I, I think suspending them is probably the right move. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if I'm mad at Antonio Brown and these other guys, right? Like, like um, you know, we, we've talked about it to each their own, you know, everybody's got their own opinion, their own feelings about vaccinations. If you don't want to get it, you don't want to get it. Um, and why not try and, and, and beat the system? Uh, so look, uh, I can't, I, I don't think I can be mad at Antonio Brown, but I think the NFL made the right move. This is here. How about this? Before I, I go on my rant, answer this TV. Did uh-huh. Aaron Rodgers deserve to be suspended? Um, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. If if, if Antonio Brown's getting suspended, then yeah, Aaron. Why why wouldn't Aaron Rodgers? Um. Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers just three weeks ago, if I got my timeline correct, I think so. Aaron Rodgers said he he lied because he said he was immunized, not vaccinated. He tried to be slick and now smart. Uh, the country in the football world. No, not too fast, my friend. He said he was immunized and not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Back and by him in the butt, he missed the game. Uh, and, that, and that game was against the Kansas City Chiefs in Earlhead Stadium. Mm-hmm. Where the Packers going to lose that game. Yes, Aaron Rodgers deserved to be suspended. But this just goes to show um, just how goofy and political the NFL is. Right? Yeah. They yeah. suspended – the most that they suspended the, the the high character, the guy who has the history of nonsense in Antonio Brown. And this does yes. not shock me for Antonio Brown. This seems right up his alley. This seems exactly. like something he would do. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but they, it's easy to suspend a guy like that. It is not easy to suspend an all time quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. So, why he didn't get a suspension? And Antonio Brown, Mike Edwards, and John Franklin the third did. It kind of blows me a little bit. Um, as for the Buccaneers, I remember this prominently. Hey, prior to the season, the Buccaneers shared on one of their social medias, if not all of them, hey, the the full roster, the whole team was vaccinated. Every single player in this locker room has been vaccinated. Well, fools on you, Tampa, because you had three guys who clearly lied. And and honestly, if look if we're if we're going to hand out suspensions, maybe you suspend suspend these guys for the rest of the regular season, because that that's is I think it's just bad, especially with COVID, uh, a new variant seemingly back on the rise or at least have made its way to America. It's just like yo, it's not there's not much room for lying right now, not just in yeah. sports, but just in the world and in terms of the the COVID vaccination. I don't think there's much room for lying now. I think we're going to start. We may see this a little bit more often over the next month or two. Um, yeah, and this doesn't surprise me. I would feel bad. I would feel ashamed if I was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because uh, even as a fan, I thought that was one team who was like, you know what, they just, they're coming off the Super Bowl. They're serious. They got everybody vaccinated. Well, mm-hmm. that that was that turned out to be a huge lie. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. so my my one thing to this is like, and maybe it's only because because I think you look at it um, a couple of ways. Maybe maybe the only reason these guys lied and and, and keep in mind, you know, we, we mentioned Antonio Brown is, is the popular name in this. The other two, Mike Edwards and you said John Franklin, the third. No, nobody knows these guys, really, um, or right. not very well. 
Um, so if, if these two guys who, who we don't really know um, are, are lying about their vaccination status, how many of those types of players on other teams are also lying about their vaccination status? You know, because like yeah. if, two, if two very unpopular names um, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are uh, lying about their vaccination status, how many for the Rams, how many for the Broncos, how many for the Cardinals, how many, you know, like there's, there, there's got to be other players out there who have lied about their vaccination status. So the thing is, is like, I guess, how did they crack down on Antonio Brown plus these two guys? Is it just because they already knew Antonio Brown was, you know, lying about his status? So then they dug a little deeper and found out two more guys in that locker room were also lying. Um, just th- th- that's also my thing. It's like, there's got to be, you know, 10 other guys in the NFL, if not more, that are lying about their vaccination status that have, have said they are. Um, and then it kind of go. I, I kind of want to go back to Cole Beasley, right? Like, he was the one who was complaining about he's not going to get vaccinated at all. Um, and I assume he still hasn't gotten vaccinated. Or has he? I assume not. Someone that with that strong of a stance, I don't think they changed their mind mid-season. Yeah. At least so, I don't think that. So, if we're punishing A.B., and, and, and company for lying, we should be punishing Cole Beasley for just refusing, right? Right. right. So, uh, again, like you said, just the goofiness, man. Like, like may, maybe Aaron Rodgers and AB didn't deserve to be suspended then. May, maybe AB didn't deserve it because if we're not going to punish Cole Beasley for flat refusing, how are we going to punish someone for just trying to beat the system? Like, I, I, I guess what they're doing is if they come in contact with it by being vaccinated, they have a shorter return time to the field, right? Like they can return quicker. Is, is right. what they're, yeah. that, that's what they're benefiting from. But so what? Like they're just trying to beat the system. Like a lot to them for trying to be smart. Like, sure, they're lying and that's not good. But it, heck, at least they're at least they understand the importance of it. Like they're like, well. We don't want to get vaccinated, but let's pretend like we are. Cole Beasley's just flat refusing it. I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, I think there's, I think it is hard to suspend three guys from one team when you probably, like I said, have so many other guys out there either refusing or lying, and they, they, in my opinion, would deserve suspension just as quickly. But uh, it's just a, a weird subject. I think a weird, weird stance for the NFL to take. It, it is a weird stance, but. This is what the NFL does. They make weird rules, you know, or weird mandates, or whatever the case may be. This is the NFL. And um, I, I, I just don't have an appreciation for the lie. I would prefer you be Cole Beasley and just have sure. doing it, opposed sure. to Antonio Brown, Aaron Rodgers, and whomever else, just flat out lying, right? Yeah. Whether that be showing up with phony vaccination cards or telling the media that you got it, just stop lying. If you didn't get it, okay, so be it. Deal with the consequences later. Here we have Antonio Brown, Mike Edwards, and John Franklin dealing with those consequences. For sure. TV, For sure. Major League Baseball. Kelvin, this is the first time in 26 <laughs> years, I think, we have seen – yeah, 26 years. It was yeah. 1995 that we've seen a lockout in the MLB, um, a stoppage in all work, um, you know, involving the MLB. And, and this happened as of uh, two days ago, I think, earlier this week. So, yep. um, this is this is crazy because one one for me, um, I've never seen it before, right? I, I was born in 1997. Even if I was born around 1990, even even if I was born before, it, it would have been, you know, I, I wouldn't have been old enough to remember. So 
this is new to me. I'm I'm kind of shocked by all of it. I don't really know what's going on. Don't know what to think. Um, but I do know it's a bad look. Uh, there's a lot of people upset with Rob Manfred. Um, but in terms of details and 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 your thoughts, Kelvin, uh, what do you, what are you what do you feel about this lockout uh, that the MLB is going through now? And if they don't get out of it soon, we may not see a full season. Yeah. So I kind of. Just to echo some of the points you made when you were introducing that topic. Yeah, this is my first time seeing the lockout. Mm-hmm. And um, it, this one kind of sucks coming off what I thought was a, a quality uh, Major League Baseball season. I thought yeah. it was just a good season with a good champion. We ended the season with a good champion. There were good players, MVP players. We had Shohei. You know, I, I thought it was just a quality Major League Baseball season. I was excited. Regardless of how well, or well my team, how well my team was or wasn't doing, uh, just baseball, the quality of it, I thought was pretty good. Yeah. So this one kind of sucks knowing that baseball is in its first lockout since I've been alive, since I've been a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think we'll miss games? I do. If if it's one thing that I think I understand about baseball lockouts is um, both parties, uh, which is the player association and the owners, um, it can get pretty dirty. Between these two uh, parties in this specific league, unlike basketball and football it is it is commonly known tv that the 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 players association in baseball is very strong and they can get a lot done i just based on what i've been reading and the coverage i've been witnessing that doesn't seem like the case heading into this lockout they seem to be on two separate pages of course that's why we're here but they seem to be wide wide that gap seems to be very wide in terms of coming to an agreement so this sucks a little bit um I felt good about the money that was being spent prior to the lockout. Like you were seeing huge free agent moves and I was already getting excited. Like, man, I can't wait to see yeah. some of these guys in these new uniforms. And then boom, they dropped the lockout on them. So it, yeah, I mean, it, it just doesn't feel good. Honestly, again, coming off a quality season, it's just like, man, yeah. this is, this sucks for baseball a little bit. Yeah. Like if you, if you kind of go back, I think this has kind of been, been writing itself. Um, for this for this moment it's just kind of been a a progressing story that that is it's like eventually we're going to get to this point I feel like Um, there's been complaints there's been this that and the other you know and then we had the changes with um, you know removing spider tack and players getting upset and I think like like, I'm not saying spider tack has has the you know all is the all in all of of resulting in, in the lockout but like the players have shown their frustrations, I think, for years um, in, in, in different things. Um, and, and, I, and I just think with the players being unhappy, and then like you said, the, the MLBPA, which would be the Major League Baseball Players Association, and the, um, you know, Rob Manfred and, and company, uh, between mm-hmm. these, these two sides, I think it's just been kind of writing a story of eventually we're going to come to this point. And – it it does suck because not only coming off of a good year, but that was a good good fun season, complete season with just a yeah. lot of excitement, like you said, with Otani, Vladdy Jr. just having a wonderful year, um, and like the Atlanta Braves being the champion uh, and probably an unlikely champion when 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 the playoffs started. So just a, just a fun, exciting year coming off of a COVID year that you know right. where we were right. where we were stripped of you know, half a season because of the difficulties in the United States. So, so it hurts um, after seeing the MLB bounce back and have a wonderful season after, you know, facing difficulty with, with COVID. 
it does it, it makes it I think twice as hard to see the lockout and the potential that we might have another shortened season um, because if they don't get this resolved and if and if uh, we don't come to an agreement whatever um, between now and like March uh, I think I think they said it had to be early March if we didn't get to a, a decision by early March then we were going to see a shortened season so um yeah, early March is, you know, we still got four months, three months at least. So there's time, but, you know, it's going to be here before we know it. So um, it, it does feel like we're, we're up against potentially seeing another shortened season right after seeing COVID strip us of a full season. Yeah, so that was a good point you made. This was the first season post-COVID, post the COVID season. So if you're Major League Baseball, you follow up post-COVID or this? Oh, how about this? A stretch of over three seasons. You get a shortened yes. COVID season, and then you get the fans back the next season, and then you follow that up with a lockout. Yep. And I, uh, I think that's just a bad three-year stretch for any for, for any professional sports league, primarily yep. baseball. Though uh, the NBA isn't going through that stretch. The NFL is the NFL, of course, and then well, there's Major League Baseball. Just I don't know. They're just not doing it right. And you know the Royals had new jerseys. The Royals have new jerseys, guys. I have I I hate the Chiefs and Royals jerseys. The Royals had new jerseys, and I was anticipating showing up to watch some new some new Royals baseball, some new you know some new um some new jerseys. And yeah. man, that, it's a bummer, man. Like and probably and probably dropping a dropping a, a good a good amount of cash so that way you can have one of those. Absolutely, jerseys. you know I gotta <laughs> get one. So now I can't even show up with my. <laughs> With my new linens on because these fools don't want to be on the same page. It's just crazy. Major League Baseball, you know, we long talked about the cheating in baseball and whether that be Astros or the spider tag or the, or the deer glue or whatever the hell they're yeah, using. Yeah, yeah. All of that is just adds to the parade that all these professional sports leagues, uh, it just adds to the reality TV that I like to consume. And the fact that I can't get that quality reality TV out of baseball after the fall spending, they just laid us up, they built us up, and then boom, they dropped this lockout on us. It just it just doesn't feel good. So, so now I gotta prolong me watching my Royals play in these fancy linens. So, so it, it sucks, but hey, that's major yeah, league yeah. baseball for you. It is. So last thing on Major League Baseball. Okay. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned the the stretch in comparison to the NFL, this three year stretch in comparison to the NFL and the uh, NBA. Mm-hmm. Both, both of those respective sports dealt with their struggles as well. COVID struck them. Absolutely. Uh, the, NFL, the, the NFL season was very weird. We had a bunch of moved games. We had some Wednesday night football games, some Tuesday night football games. Um, it was weird, and we're never going to see that again. In my assumption, uh, you know, I, in the grant, in my big assumption, you know, looking forward, we're probably never going to see another Tuesday night or Wednesday night football game. I doubt. I doubt it. Um, but both of those sports. Correct me if I'm wrong, but both of those sports rebounded by expanding their seasons, and it looks like the MLB is on its way to rebounding with a shortened season again, because the NFL yeah. the NFL added a game, and I think the NBA added like ten games, or did it not do that yet? Um, I don't think they did that yet. Okay, but I think they just rebounded. Um, they rebounded with the new champion, similar to baseball. They rebounded with Giannis, you know, yeah. a foreign player, uh, becoming champion with a with a foreign MVP and Jokic. 
Mm-hmm. The, you know, NBA bounced back with a quality season as well. But even their bubble, they really set the tone for COVID sports with their bubble. So the yeah. NBA has had great success following their COVID season. Mm-hmm. The NFL, yeah. um, it, I mean, I don't know. The NFL just bounced back in typical NFL fashion. The, the NFL is just goofy anyway, as we already alluded to. But, they, you know, it's the NFL, so they've done good. And then there's baseball. It's just kind of – they had a great season, if you ask me, last year. And then, boom, yeah. you hit us with a lockout. So, yeah. So I guess the only expansion to the NBA then would be the play-in tournament. Um, yeah. Hell, even hockey expanded post-COVID. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Did, yeah. I, did hockey expand their, their schedule? They ex- like, they had a new um expansion team, the Seattle Kraken. Right, the Seattle Kraken, yeah, yeah. Okay. For some reason, I was yeah. thinking there was a sport that added more games other than football, but I could be crazy. Maybe it was just in the talks and never happened. So um, we had the – formerly the Reds – Excuse me, for the Redskins who changed their name. Yes. If maybe that's what you maybe that was what you were yeah. thinking about. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know now. Yeah. Um, no. for, for some reason, I was thinking there were more games added to a season other than the NFL's one week that they added, but I, I don't know why. I don't know why I was thinking that. Like I said, I'm, I may have just been crazy. Maybe I was maybe I was thinking somebody had, had added and, and they never did. But anyways, um, MLB looks like we're going shorter, and I just kind of wanted to make that comparison. NFL expanded, and NBA has at least added that play-in tournament uh, to where we're seeing more games, uh, more yeah. – more, just more, more to watch on TV. So um, MLB, I think, is definitely – this, this lockout is, is going to hurt them in, in more more ways than one if they don't uh, get a resolution soon. Yeah, speaking of additions, Ligon Riley TV. Uh, look, so this is your moment. I'll let you just have at it. You don't even got to introduce me to it. TV okay. floor is yours. Okay, so like you mentioned, Lincoln Riley to USC. Um, look, as, as a Sooner fan, good riddance. Um, get out of here. Um <laughs> Like there's there's literally no no hard no sad feelings nothing. I smiled when I saw the news actually, um, and, and this is a lot of a lot of the hate like the hate and, and just the bitterness around OU fans right now is that mm-hmm. he's leaving the way he is. I wanted Lincoln Riley out. I was saying things like like I was coming at him. I I don't know how how much you're on social media, Kelvin, but I was on Facebook left and right bashing Lincoln Riley because he had two of the best quarterbacks in college football this year, in my opinion, two of the best quarterbacks in college football this year. And he, he couldn't, he couldn't score. He, now now granted, he doesn't play the game, but, but he has to lead at the same time. And it seemed like we would score 30 first half points and turn around and score 10 second half points. And then we would end up winning by four or five points and, and it would be a close game. And those, First halves where we were getting off to hot starts, we were we were blowing teams out, and then they would come back, and somehow the second half would be close, and we would barely beat someone like Tulane, like we did in week one of the season, forty to thirty-five. So, like Lincoln Riley, I don't think ever had a grasp of this team. He had Spencer Rattler, who was the preseason Heisman favorite, and then he had Caleb Williams, who was the best quarterback coming out of high school this last year. Um, he was literally the number one um, rated quarterback for the 2020 yeah 2020 class and or 2021 class and he he I mean he looked good but even he struggled against Kansas Kelvin Oklahoma was losing to the Kansas Jayhawks at the end of the third quarter this year how 
as OU, <laughs> the, the program you are, how are you losing to Kansas after three quarters? And Kansas. you can you can bring it you can bring it up. All the yeah, the player has to do, play well too. But Caleb Williams showed his flashes. Caleb Williams had some great games, and then he had some rough games too. Um, barely beating Kansas, that that's embarrassing. Losing to Baylor and only scoring twice. We scored twice. Like, when was the last time you saw an OU team score twice throughout an entire game? Probably never. It just, yeah, it just, it, it, I just, I think it's hard when you have two quarterbacks of this caliber. That's when I come at the coach. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe Spencer Rattler just was struggling. Maybe he had a bad year. I mean, he certainly looked good last year. He, he, we scored the ball well last season in the, in the COVID season. Again, a shortened season. I think we only played nine games instead of 12. But um, he scored the ball well during the COVID season. We didn't struggle that much on offense last year. Um, so this year, I'm just I'm not willing to blame it on Spencer Rattler all of a sudden falling apart. And then, like I said, when you have two top-tier quarterbacks like, like we had, and Lincoln Riley still can't get it done. I, I think I think he was on his way out early in the season. I don't think he knew. May, maybe these quarterbacks aren't his style. Maybe he – Caleb Williams certainly seems to be his style. Caleb Williams looks a lot like Kyler Murray, uh, just a bigger version of Kyler Murray. But I, I just don't know. I don't know what it was. But it didn't seem like he ever had a grasp on this team. It could have been week one. It could have been week three against Nebraska. Uh, but we barely beat Tulane. We barely beat Nebraska, which don't get me wrong. Nebraska was a competitive team this year, but they finished three and nine. So they weren't that good. Um, they just played a lot of good teams close, but just the, those close, close games against teams that we usually destroy. Um, it just, I, I think from the beginning, Lincoln Riley was not um, prepared and he did not have this team ready to win this year. And I think it's sad because I think this team was capable of a lot more than people uh, looking at them now, I think they were capable of a lot more than what people think they were uh, just because we lost to Baylor and Oklahoma state. Um, but it's just, just a, a, a good season that I think for Lincoln Riley wasted and seeing him go to USC, good riddance, man, uh, go have fun. USC has been a struggling program for really ever since the Reggie Bush um, drama, right? Like, like ever since right. they got in trouble for the Reggie Bush drama, They've had they've had some good seasons. Sam Darnold gave them a really good season, um, one year, but uh, I don't. They, they've had I, I I was looking at it um, because I was I was wondering you know how long it would take Lincoln Riley to turn this program around, and I think they've had four ten win seasons um, since like two thousand and eleven. So you know in, in that decade they've won four times. They've won double digit games. Their bowl record was like three and four during that stretch. So I look, I, USC's not a horrible program, but they've struggled. I think Lincoln Riley's going to have his work cut out to turn that program around. Um, especially, you know, I, I don't know who they're going to have at quarterback. So um, good riddance. See you later, Lincoln Riley. And uh, I'm ready to welcome whoever Oklahoma hires as their next head coach. Yeah. So this move. I, I didn't know much about the move like prior to the news breaking. Yeah. I didn't know, you know, that this was a possibility. And then since the, the news broke and I've just kind of familiarized myself with the situation, this doesn't shock me from Lincoln Riley. It, it, it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, the money was there. It's California. It's the program. You know, he had never gotten that 
that national title that evaded him, even with the uh, the Heisman winning quarterbacks, he just missed out on on a few national championships. Um, you know, how many seasons he do in Oklahoma? Twelve. You know, 10, 10, 12 to see, ten to twelve seasons. Uh, uh, no, I don't think he was there that long. I think he was. I don't, I don't think so. Um, okay. I'm trying to think. Six. I think it was six. Six. Okay. Yeah. That's six. Six is pretty. That's 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 not. That's not a long time, especially at a program like that. Yeah. Uh, where they have a long standing tradition of having coaches and having them for quite some time. Um, but, you know, a lot of what Lincoln Riley is kind of seems kind of Pac 12. And, and, you know, he kind of reminds me of um, a Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, type of play caller and head coach, offensive mind guy. Yeah. I think those guys are just better suited on the West. I think that's why we see Cliff in Arizona uh, with a former Heisman winning quarterback from Oklahoma and, and Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. So this seems like a great fit for a for a guy like Lincoln Riley. He did great things in Oklahoma. You know, so after six seasons though, TV, one of the things you said there was a level of bitterness you've been seeing. I can kind of see that just after six seasons. That's again, that's that's not long, in my opinion. Yeah. He's had a great deal of success in those seasons, but that's not a long time. Um, I would like to see a coach like that with a program like that. That's one of arguably a top five program in college football. You just like to see those programs have long standing coaches, yep. in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, now, maybe, just maybe, I think there's this is there's a lot of validity to this than a lot of people give credit for. TV, do you think he was scared to go to the SEC? I don't. Like, I, I think you I think don't. I think that's a lot of nonsense. I think. Wow. I, I think people are using the sudden, like the suddenness of this, because you said that you weren't aware of it. No one was aware of it, dude. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't the only one. No one was aware of this. Um, in fact, I, um, I'm, I'm plugging this with, without a way to to tell you how to get to it, um, other than other than just following me on social media, because I always share my blogs on social media. But on my blog, I I, I came at Lincoln Riley the day before we found out that he was gone, and I had not heard anything. The day before we found out he was gone, I made the post. Actually, it was the night you Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma. I made I wrote a blog, posted it the next morning, um, and then later we find out that Lincoln Riley's gone. But I, I came at Lincoln Riley and I told him at the end of the I told him like he heard it. But but I said at the end of the blog I said, look, if Lincoln Riley does not turn this team around next year, if he does not figure it out and win and, you know, win games next year with, with an elite quarterback, then he's gone. And then he left anyways. So I was already like coming at him for his job saying that he was not doing a, an adequate job of coaching. Um, and then, and then he leaves. So no one saw this coming. Um, I was shocked by it. Um, and I, and I'll end it by saying this, I guess, I think, um, Lincoln Riley got his quarterback guru, his offensive guru, his quarterback whisper, all those nicknames we called him, all those you know names we gave him for being good at finding quarterbacks and, and scoring the ball. I think I think Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield earned him those names. I don't. I, I actually now don't think he's worthy of anything we called him while he was at Oklahoma. I think oh, Kyler Murray. Don't I do think, that. No think, way. Yes, sir. I think Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield were just that good of college quarterbacks. No. Yes. No. Yes. He, Lincoln, no but he, he, he deserves some of that credit that those guys were and would have come, you know, would have grown to become, you know, at the next level. Those guys are good NFL quarterbacks. Yes. 
I think he's good at finding those guys, but he's not good at coaching coaching them in game. He's good at finding them. He's good at, you know, like a training type thing, getting them prepared, um, teaching, but he can't coach in game. I think, I think um, he showed that this year. I mean, he had two more good quarterbacks. Now, granted, Spencer Rattler may not be Kyler Murray. Spencer Rattler may not be Baker Mayfield. Uh, Caleb Williams may not be as good as Kyler Murray. Caleb Williams might not be as good as Baker Mayfield. But those guys are good. They may, again, they may not quite be that same talent level, but they're good. And he could not coach them to a national championship this year. He couldn't even coach them to a CFP appearance. Heck, he couldn't even coach them past Baylor. <laughs> I, look, man. I think he showed where he struggles, and he is a bad in-game coach. He's a bad in-game manager. Um, he's great at finding talent. He knows what talent is, and maybe he's even good at training, like I said, practice, training them up, getting them ready. Um, but when it comes to the game, I think he fails. I, I think he's a bad in-game manager. Um, yeah. The TV was alluding to the bitter fans. That with that with the last thirty seconds of your take, <laughs> sounds like one of those bitter fans. Okay, look, look <laughs> I, I've been consistent all year. I think you, I think sure. you failed Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams, and that's the end of end of my opinion. I just I think he get, I think those two guys deserved more than what they got out, out of Lincoln Riley this year. And you know what? That's probably goes into why he left. This was obviously. Uh, the worst quarterback situation he's he's had in his his time in Oklahoma, and maybe him having that bad—I don't think it was bad—but him having those concerns between his two quarterbacks, and then he's transitioning to the SEC, where you need a competent, if not good, quarterback to at least compete with the top dogs in that conference. You throw those things into account, maybe he was a little timid to step into SEC land. Uh, rather than not, why not? Where he he dominated the Big Twelve, right? Why not step foot in the SEC, where the best team there is at best uh, in you know one win, a uh, uh, two loss at best, a two loss Oregon program. They're they're going to give you two losses a season. They won't make the college football playoff. Uh, they are a quality college football program, but that's that's the only team you're competing with year in year out. Is a two loss Oregon team. Okay, why yeah. not step foot at probably the I don't know the 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 fanciest the the most the biggest shining college football program that is USC and they're looking to return to glory. You just yeah. said that this guy has a knock for finding and developing Heisman winning quarterbacks. Mm. Hey, they haven't had that since who Matt Leinart. Probably, and then before yeah. that, Carson Palmer. I mean, there's been quite some time since USC had that guy, yeah. that quarterback. Mark now Sanders. they got that coach. Yeah. I mean, great move for him to go there. I don't want. I don't want to say he was scared to go to the SEC. Yeah. Um, I think his single loss in the college football playoff came to was that Georgia? Georgia, yes, yes, and yeah. SEC team who they competed well against. You know. Uh, this program can't compete against the SEC, but you know, yeah, I don't know. One one last note since you brought that up, that was a game that Oklahoma led by a lot. That is true. I remember that. Yes, and Georgia came back and forced overtime. Lincoln Riley's not a good game manager. He never has been. <laughs> he never has been. Like, you you just you can't get with with potent offenses like Oklahoma's always had. You can't get big leads and let teams come back. How do you keep your foot on the pedal? I think Lincoln Riley's too conservative when he has leads. And just uh, – I, I, I need to stop talking about it because I could go on for days. But Lincoln <laughs> Riley failed 
Oklahoma this year. And in fact, I'd go as far as saying uh, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield may have missed out on national championship berths because of Lincoln Riley. Oh my God. Yeah, let's move on because TV is talking crazy now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, in the NBA last night, uh, we, if I, well, I didn't see the game, but I definitely got this notification. I got it right after the game. So <laughs> I, I, I feel comfortable in saying we witnessed the worst stomping ter- in terms of point differential in NBA history as, and you're probably wondering which two teams, who took this butt whipping. It was the Memphis Grizzlies laying it down 152 to 79 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, TB, your thoughts on being a part of the worst loss in NBA history? Well, I was sitting at work last night, and as I always do, you know, I'll, I'll periodically stop working and look at my phone and check up on local games, or not local games, but uh, national games, and, and just see who's doing what uh, around the, the league, the various leagues and mm-hmm. that are playing, college basketball, NBA, whatever it may be. And I tuned into the NBA games. Uh, the Raptors were playing, of course, last night, so I was already keeping up with their game. But um, I was looking through all the NBA games, and I noticed the Thunder getting shellacked, mollywopped, destroyed. Well, I mean, just any kind of adjective for getting beat down that you want to use. And so I stopped and looked at it, and I was keeping up with it because they were getting beat so bad. And at halftime, Kelvin, it was 72 to 36. Mm-mm. And I'm already like, oh my gosh! So I didn't, I didn't tune back into this game because I'm like, you know, th- these guys are just getting destroyed, and, and they're gonna get destroyed. No need to even keep up with it anymore. Um. So then, by the time it ends, of course, like you said, one fifty-two to seventy-nine, Kelvin. This, like, just think about it. These guys almost lost by as much as they scored, and, <laughs> and this, this isn't. Yeah, that is true. This isn't just some, you know, like football game where they lost 48 to 24, you know, and, oh, yeah, they they lost by as much as they scored. Like, this is 150 points, and they lost by 73 and only scored 79. Like, that's a lot to lose by. Man. And this is just – this is, as you alluded to, it it, or already said, it it is the worst loss in NBA history, and I just – I cannot believe it. This looks like a game – um, I had a friend say it pretty well, actually. Um, Zach, uh, who was who was one of the groomsmen, um, he so, so you know Zach. He uh, messaged yeah. me last night, and he says, "Dude, he said I don't think I've ever seen a score like this outside of the Olympics when when the United States beats some tiny little country from you know wherever." Uh, he's like, "This is the only time I've ever seen a score like this." Yeah. Um, an, an, an Olympics beatdown uh, is what yeah. the Thunder just took last night. It, it's just – it's embarrassing, number one. And when I seen the point differential, when I seen 73 points, so I that, you know, there was feelings of embarrassment that I felt for OKC and that fan base. And then it took me to um, where the OKC – well, like where a team like this, where this franchise is currently, like the current state of the team. And I had to catch myself like this team is rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Even with that being said, TV, you don't lose by seventy three points. No, okay, no. that's just to, for any team to be up forty to any team to be up. Okay, twenty. I've seen twenty twenty point beatdowns. Thirty is kind of okay. It's like all right, now you guys gave up maybe a little too soon. 
to lose by four, anything above forty is is it's embarrassing. That's lack yes. of effort. I'm yes. willing. I'm willing to say somebody quit, if not the whole team, if not the whole front office. I know they're choke. I know they're tanking, not choking. I know they're tanking, and they got all this cap space and these draft picks. But uh, that seventy three points now. Mm. Keep wow. In mind. Keep in mind. I mean. Yeah, and this is the Memphis Grizzlies. This is a quality young team. They got a lot of talent. This is not – I know – I was aware that John Moran was out. Exactly. That's so, what I was getting at. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I – with they're still, they're still a good team without them. They're not a great team. Um, yeah, I think they're budding. I think they're heading towards great with John Moran. But to lose by 73, 73 points without John, this is not a 50-point performance by John Moran. This is just the Memphis Grizzlies coming in and completely owning OKC. Mm-hmm. If I'm OKC, I mean, this is this is just rebuilding at its worst. This is when you see teams tanking. This is what it looks like. And this is bad for any sport. To do that, a 73-point loss, and this is what, in TV, what, we're 25 games into the season? Yeah. I mean, come on, that's not a good look. Mm-hmm. That's just not, that's just not. I don't know. If, if I'm Adam Silver, I got to call OKC. I got to call the front office and say, hey, <laughs> hey, you got to put some talent out there, man. You guys got to compete. Just, just fly down. I'm taking the first round. The first round picks that you guys covet so much, I'm taking it away. Compete, <laughs> goddammit. I don't know. No more of this. No more of this. Next loss by 70 points, we're moving you to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Like, you know what? Go to the G League. Let's bring up one of these G League teams. I mean, at least Houston competes. I mean, what the hell? Detroit competes. That was <laughs> – I'm glad I don't want to see a highlight. I don't want to see a single second of the OKC Thunder quitting on the basketball court because that's what it looked like. I looked at the stat sheet, Kelvin, and, like, the Grizzlies shot, like, 62%, which is out of this world. That's Um, phenomenal. I think it was, like, 53 from beyond the arc, which is also amazing. Um, But the the crazy things was how the the Thunder were doubled in in almost every statistical category. They – were out rebounded like fifty something to twenty something. Um, they were um, turnovers. The Grizzlies had ten. The Thunder had twenty. Um, hmm. Like everything, I, I could sit. I can't remember, and I'm not looking at it right now. But like every little stat category, like that, like assist. I think it was tripled. I think the Thunder had like eight, and the Grizzlies had like twenty eight or something. Like, like they were doubled or tripled in almost every stat category you could find. Steals was similar. I think the Thunder only had a handful of steals and the Grizzlies had almost 10, like, or around 10. Like, everything was doubled or tripled. It's just like, how do you get dominated in every facet of a game like that? Like, just insane. Insane. Um, So, with that being said, let's stop talking about that. It's just that (laughs) poorest team that is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, And let's get into – the conclusion of the show, it is Friday. It is time for great dad jokes. Um, I, I'm going to concede a loss here. I'm going to go ahead and give TV the, the win. What? This dad joke is only cool because it has my name in it. So I'm going oh, okay. to put that out there now. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good dad joke, but I just have to say it because it's Friday and my name is in it. So here we go. All right. <laughs> TV, what brand of underwear do scientists wear? Oh, Calvin Klein. Wow. I've been... 
Is that what it it's is? That simple. That is correct. Is <laughs> nice. That's pretty. That, yeah. Okay. Kelvin Klein, and that's and that's a cheesy, great dad joke. If you guys aren't aware of science, uh, one of the I guess prestigious great scientists of like um, I don't know the twentieth uh, the not 20th because I'm currently living in the 20th century of like the 17th century. His name was uh, William Thompson first Baron Kelvin. He also created the Kelvin scale. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know if they, is that if that's, a, if they still use that unit of measure, it's a, it, it, gra- it grades, not grades, but it measures temperature. Yeah. I don't know if that's still around. I don't know if they still use it, but he's, is a world renowned um, British. I don't know. Belfast, something type of um, scientist. So yeah, that's that's where the joke stems from. That corny, yeah, no, dude, honestly, dad joke. Honestly, I love Kelvin that Klein. That's a great one. Um, and, and, and yeah, Kelvin's definitely yeah. That's the like opposite of Fahrenheit, not the opposite, but it's another way other than measuring temperature like we do in Fahrenheit. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I love that dad joke. I think I think you were underselling it. That was that was a great one. Um, Okay, here's mine. I think mine's honestly a little too corny. Here we go. Um, I was at a restaurant the other day, Kelvin, and uh, somebody threw some mayonnaise at me. And my reaction, I just looked up and was like, what the hell, man? What the hell, man? I don't get that one. What the hell? (laughs) Kelvin? That one did not register at first. Like, what the hell, man? It's so what hard the to hell, say, what man? The, yeah, it's so hard to say what the hell, man, and like still say what the hell, man. Like, yeah, hell, man. okay. I, I, I couldn't. I didn't say it good. I don't think. But yeah, what no, the hell, no, man? you said it perfectly. I just didn't. I wasn't. I'm not a huge mayo guy. And then when I heard it the second time, I'm like, oh, okay, all right. No, that no, you, you delivered that one great. I just. Me not being up on my mayo initially, okay. I was like, no, that I don't, I didn't get that one. Gotcha. Okay, but I got it. <laughs> yeah, two great dad jokes today. Honestly, I love, I love the Kelvin, Kelvin Klein. That's good. Hey, hey, that's why we bring you guys dad jokes on Fridays. Um, in a nutshell, really bad, cheesy, <laughs> high quality dad jokes right there. Um, and you know what's great about that? If it's one thing we get feedback about from the show, that is that segment. Yeah, um, I know two people who love that segment, and then one person who religiously lets me know if both jokes or who won uh, nice. that 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 installment of dad joke. So nice. there you have it for the Man of Man podcast. It was great to be back with you, TV. Who is yes, now sir. a husband? Yes, sir. Now a husband. That was episode forty nine for us, Kelvin. Uh, I think we we really need to put our heads together. We had we had thought about it. Episode fifty needs to be something big, and that and that's coming up next. So. Uh, not sure what it is, but let's put our heads together and come up with something big for episode 50. Episode 50 will be Tuesday. We appreciate you guys tuning in. See you for episode 50 on Tuesday. Thank you.